theyeshiva.net. We're in the middle of the Maimir. He placed our soul in life and he did not allow our legs to falter. Apostle Kintahilim Samachvav that was said by the Lubavitcher Rebbe on Shabbos Parshas Koyrach, Gimel Tamos Tov Shin Chai. Shabbos Koyrach, the third of Tamos, 1958. We're up to the sixth chapter, Sivvav. Please open up your source sheets. You can get your source sheets on the yeshiva.net. On the video, you could look live, Chassidus Monday. And uh, on top of the video and below the video, you have the source sheets of the PDF. Sivvav. I hope you remember what we learned in the previous classes. If not, they are all posted on the yeshiva.net, so you could uh, watch them or listen to them and review them. You go to the yeshiva.net, and you'll see they have their, uh, on the left column, they have their, um, the classes of the last 30 days. And you can, uh, you can see we learned on Friday, we learned on Thursday. You could go through the classes of the last 30 days. And you can get all the previous classes. Or on the right column, there's something called series. And one of the series is Hasidus in the morning. And over there, you'll see all of our morning classes over the last few years, including this one. So you could get all the previous ones as well. So please review it. And uh, as I mentioned in the past, you could do it on double speed. So you don't have to... uh, You don't have to... uh, It'll take much less time. An hour class will be a half an hour. Sivov. Alpi anal yuvan gamdiyek loshen nazal she'en machzikim b'machlekes. According to, based on this whole explanation, we'll also understand the diuk, the meticulousness in the words of our Chazal. Gemara Mesechta Sanhedrin. Dav Kuf Yud Amid Aleph quoted earlier, and also in many Midrashim, the footnote for this is footnote 13, where all the sources are quoted. So the expression of Chazal is that Ein Machzikin B'Machleikas. What does Ein Machzikin B'Machleikas mean? You don't hold on, you don't... Machzik is Lachzik, right? Chazaka. You don't hold on stark. You don't uh, strengthen machlekes. You don't hold on to machlekes. You don't stubbornly and tenaciously cling to machlekes to dispute. The word they used is a machzikin machlekes. Apparently, they could have used a simpler expression, and that is, a person should never go into machlekes. A person should never have machlekes. A person should never be part of a machlekes. The term they use is ein machzikin b'machlekes. You don't hold on to it. What does this intimate? So the Rebbe says a fascinating explanation. The metzias ha-machlekes atzma, zesha mayim matachtoinim nivdalum mayim alyonim, he briyesh nivrai de akadosh baruch hu. Vecheter shal koyrechaya shehechzik b'machlekes. Shenotza shetiskayim ha-avdala, shemayim matachtoinim yesharu lamata, the Machlaikas itself, the Metzias of Machlaikas, which began on Monday, when the lower waters were separated from the higher waters, that was not created by Kairach. That is part of the fabric of creation. And who created that? 
That was created through the Rebbeinu through HaKadosh Baruch It's a Bria that was created through Hashem Himself. If that's the case, that in and of itself is not the neg- negative. That's not toxic. That's not evil. Machloikas, that machloikas, the machloikas of the higher water and the lower water, which as we explained, is representative of the entire dispute between the higher and the lower in people's lives. There's the tainuk, there's the pleasure of the higher, and there's the pleasure of the lower. There's the pleasure that is associated with your higher truth, with your deeper truth, with your divine truth. And there's the pleasure that's associated with a definition of self that is divorced from heaven, a definition of self that is earthy and lowly and physical, divorced from the deeper pleasure. That machlaikas was not created by man. That machlaikas was created by who? By Hashem himself. The problem is not the machlaikas, it's ein machzikin b'machlaikas. It's what you do with that split. That split, that dichotomy, that conflict is inherent to the human condition. On the contrary, calling that evil means calling yourself evil, calling your condition evil. That is was created by Hashem. This is a very fascinating distinction in life. We sometimes get upset about certain things. Those things, this is the way it's supposed to be. It's how I deal with it. It's how I look at it. It's how I interpret it. That's where everything becomes either positive or negative. You understand? The problem is not that there's a machlaikas. There is a machlaikas. But there's a purpose for it. What's the purpose of it? The purpose of the separation was that the mayim tachtoinim should experience the thirst, the yearning, the pining to go back up to be included and become part of the Mayim el And on the contrary, through that, they would receive even a deeper Aliyah than their state before the Yerid. Kairach said, no. Kairach said, no. You don't get it. Hechzik b'machleikas. He was hechzik. He said, this machleikas is made to last forever. We're supposed to have the split. Mayim Tachtoinim has to be separate from the Mayim Aliyahinim. He held on to the Machlaikas. That was the word. Ein Machzikibu Machlaikas. He held on to The fact that the Machlaikas Hashem made in order that the person should undo the Machlaikas. There should be Hagbara Satsura Allah Chaymer. Hagbara Satsura Allah Chaymer in the Lashon of, of Sifri Musser, Machshava, Sifri Mechker, Jewish philosophy, Kabbalah, Siddhas. There's the chaymer in everything and there's the tzura in everything. The chaymer is the brute, the brute expression. The tzura is the pnimius, the neshama, the harmony of it, the purpose of it, the divine purpose. You always have to be magbir, the tzura on the chaymer. The tzura should prevail over the chaymer. Kairach said, no, no, split them up and let the chaymer remain, the chaymer. On the contrary, Mayim Tachtoinim is higher than Mayim Elyonim. Sherish Agashmis is higher than Sherish Aruchnis. Bechol Rechecha De'eu is higher than Kol Masecha L'Shem Shemayim and Teirah Mitzvahs. The Tzimtzum is higher than the Gilu. <laughs> and therefore, Kairach said, keep this Machleikas going. It's the way to go. Because the depth of the darkness, of the Gashmi, of the 
of the Mayim Tachtoinim is much deeper than the Mayim Alyan. That's the Diuk Ein Machzikim Machlaikas. And as we explained in the previous year, we learned on Friday, Kairach's points were very powerful, but they were premature. Not just premature chronologically, but premature existentially. In other words, when you get to something before you're capable of working through what you have to work through, you're not getting there. You're just going to lose it. You're going to get lost from it. Kairach's points are very powerful in the sense that we explained at length. In Hashem's Gashmi, the Gashmi comes from Hashem's absence, so to speak, from Hashem's concealment. And concealment is always deeper than expression. And let's give a very simple example for this. You express yourself. Everyone expresses themselves. So if you're expressing yourself to me, or you're expressing yourself in a conversation with somebody else, you're expressing yourself at work, what part of you do I know? I know the part of you that you're expressing, and I only know that part of you as much as you're expressing it. And you can only express of it as much as you know how to much to express of it. Sometimes you can't express yourself either, even to yourself. You don't have the words, the oisius, in which to even think about it. Sometimes people have a lot going on, they can't express it even to themselves. So whenever there is expression, how much of you do I have? I have a certain part of you that's expressed. To say I have the totality of you, I don't have the totality of you. <laughs> I have that part of you and that amount of you which can be expressed, and that is limited by so many factors. So all gilu, all revelation, is always a filter, always a filter. Because it's always based on, number one, how much I can express. Number two, how much you could receive. And even if I'm expressing everything, it's only how much you can accept from that and receive from it. We learned an expression in the Maimavia, Daita Moskva. I think we learned it last year. There was an expression that, Kol Gilui hu helem legabe atzmai. Whenever there's an expression, automatically it means there's a tremendous filter and a concealment legabe the person himself. So in Hashem's revelation as well, that which gets revealed of Elikus in the higher worlds, it gets revealed. But how much gets revealed? Only that which could get revealed, which is a very limited and minuscule part. What about in Koyach HaHelem, in the power of concealment, where Hashem conceals Himself? That is all Him. It's the totality of Him. <laughs> Because it's not limited by anything. On the contrary, it's the power of concealment. So therefore, Kairach said that in many ways, the the Gashmi is much deeper than the Ruchmi. Because even though it's defined by absence, by concealment, but that is rooted in a much deeper, deeper space. As we use the expression that Tzimtzum is deeper than the Gilui, which comes post-Tzimtzum in the language of Chassidus. So Kairach says, the purpose of the Machlaikas is the Machlaikas itself, the separation itself. He's greatly mistaken, because he's 100% right and 100% wrong. The Gilui and the Chayshach can only come after you work through 
the Choshech as a prerequisite for Eir. If you celebrate the Choshech itself, you're left with nothing. The Sherish HaGashmis is deeper than the Sherish HaRuchnis. But the only way that could be revealed is if the Gashmis is first tafel, if it's subservient to the Ruchnis. But Kairach said, Ein machzikin b'machleikas. Kairach said, let's hold on to the machleikas. If we can add the Kemosh HaKavona B'Briyas HaMachleikas Rukiya Mavdu B'Yem HaSheni. He b'chdeshi yizbada B'Yem HaShlishi. Sh'oz gama Rukiya HaMavdu L'Nasatayv. Goes one step deeper, just as the purpose of the machlaikas that was created on Monday, the firmament that separates the higher water from the lower water, is in order to prepare for Tuesday. And that's why Tuesday gets a double kitaif, one for Tuesday and one for Monday, because through Tuesday, the Monday also becomes good, because the purpose of the machlaikas is revealed by the human being coming and using the dichotomy and the gulf in order to crystallize his or her priorities, in order to experience the thirst that comes from the concealment of the Mayim Tachtoinim, the thirst of the Mayim Tachtoinim, which weep. Anan bein elameve kodamalka, and that thirst is created through the human being, which allows the Mayim Tachtoinim to reach their ultimate potential, even deeper than the Aliyah of the Mayim Tachtoinim on their own. In other words, the Mayim Tachtoinim become higher than the Mayim Aliyahinim because they go to a place that is even deeper than the place of the higher water before they descend. So the Tuesday brought out the purpose in the Monday. The Monday itself is not bad, but the Monday itself is also not good. The Monday itself is a machlaikas. Now what do you do with it? Kairach took it in one way, but the purpose is another way. The purpose is the Tuesday. The Tuesday brings out the taiv and the Monday when you fulfill the purpose of that split, of that dichotomy. To create the Mayim Tachtoinim Boichem. It's the pain of the Mayim Tachtoinim that allows it ultimately to go back to its source and it even in a deeper way. So the same is true about the next stage in it, which is the Machlaikas Kairach. Even though Kairach was making a mistake, but the reason God allowed for this error of Kairach is that there should be even a deeper way, a deeper shalom, a deeper peace, even deeper than the peace that was there before the Machlaikas. Just like the split on Monday, Mitzvah Hashem's creation allows for a deeper, a deeper peace on Tuesday, which is Yom Hashlishi Shehochbobay In the next stage, Kairach's distortion of the Machlaikas ultimately was in order to bring out yet even a deeper peace. As explained in various Maimarim, the Zesh, Abedchilu Dibbid al Mosh, Vel Adosiway, Machazar Acherem, Bedivri Shalom. We know that Moshe tried very hard to speak peacefully to Kairach and to his people. He pursued them and he spoke to them. And even at the end, when Hashem said, it's all over, he still went to Dasan and Aviram and he tried somehow to negotiate some form of peace. And the reason for this was because Moshe thought, just like in creation, it was Tuesday 
which was mevadel, Tuesday it healed, the mechitza, the separation between the higher water and the lower water. In other words, the separation itself is not bad if you know how to allow it to bring you to a deeper healing. So he thought, now is the next stage. Moshe is number three in the family. The Gemara says in Shabbos, Moshe is number three in the family. There's Miriam and there's Aaron and there's Moshe. So he's number three. Moshe is the one who gives Torah to the Jewish people. Torah is also three. Torah, Nevi'im, and Ksuvim. Given to the Jewish people comprised by three. Kayanim, Levi'im, and Yisrael. It was given also after three days of preparation. So the Gemara says on this, Brich Rachmanim, the Gemara Shabbos Dav Peches. You see footnote 42. Shabbos Dav Peches. Hashem is blessed. He gave the Torah, which is defined by three, Orient Lisoy, La'amat Lisoy, Biyoymet Lisoy, Aidet Lisoy. What's number three? Number three corresponds to the Tuesday of creation. And the Torah was given on Tuesday in the third millennium. It was given on Shabbos. But in terms of millennia, Torah was given on the Tuesday of history because Torah was given in the year 2448 since creation, which is the third millennium since Bria Asylum. The first millennium is the millennium of Chesed. The second millennium is the millennium of Gvura. The third millennium is the millennium of Tiferes. The fourth is Netzach. The fifth is Hoid. The sixth millennium, where we are now, 5780, is the millennium of Yesoid. And the year 6000, which begins the seventh millennium, is the millennium of Malchus. Because the 6,000 years of history correspond to six days of creation. The Ramban says that in Bereshus. And the creations of each day correspond and reflect those events and experiences that would transpire during that thousand years in history. So Moshe Rabbeinu, who gives the Torah to the Jewish people in the year 2448, that is the third millennium, that's the millennium of two, corresponding to Tuesday, which is Midas HaTiferes. Tiferes synthesis, synthesizes the Chesed and the Gvura, or the Mayim al and the Mayim Tachtoinim. The Mayim al is based on Chesed revelation. The Mayim Tachtoinim is based on Gvura, which is concealment. The third day, Matan Torah, is here to reconcile, not to create an ultimate split. On the contrary, to realize the Machlaikas was just in order to bring to deeper closeness. And that's really the purpose of Machlaikas from God's perspective. What does Machlaikas mean? Machlaikas essentially means that there's different perspectives. There's different realities. Let's take it in a relationship, a husband and a wife. A husband, a good marriage doesn't mean that a husband and a wife agree about everything. It means that they give space for each other's perspectives. And that's the tremendous idea here. The problem is not machloikas. The problem is not that we're divided. That's how we are. Monday created a division. The biggest division in life is between ruchni and gashmi, between heaven and earth, between soul and body, between darkness and light between a definition of life which is completely divine and a definition of life which is completely undivine. That's the biggest machlaikas in life. Who made that? Not me and not you. We're not guilty for it. Who made it? The creator of the world made it. Because there's a purpose in it. Just like in every argument. And all arguments are rooted in that argument. All arguments are rooted in that. In one way or another, may you have to work hard to trace it back, but it's rooted in that machlaikas. So let's say you have a couple. A good marriage doesn't mean they agree about everything. 
I could finish your sentence, you could finish my sentence. We always agree about everything. Then it's probably have only one person in the parish. <laughs> I don't even agree with myself all the time. <laughs> I once heard from Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, the chief, the former chief rabbi of Britain. So he said that he once had a debate with Amos Oz. Amos Oz, you know who Amos Oz was? He was an Israeli writer. Very, very, what you would call extremely left-wing writer, Amos Oz. He was a literary, uh, very skilled literary um, writer. And uh, he did not, you know, he had a lot of issues with religion. He was very liberal and extremely left-wing. So he once had a public debate with Rabbi Jonathan Sachs. So before he starts the debate, he tells Rabbi Sachs, he says... <laughs> he said a very good line. He says, Rabbi Sachs, I'm probably not going to agree with many things that you're going to say, but I just want to tell you, I also don't agree with many things that I say, which is a very good observation. I don't agree with myself, so I should agree with you always. The issue is not that there are two opinions. That's not the issue. There are going to be two opinions. Esseloi, Ezek, and the Netziv says, means that they're not always in agreement. Sometimes the greatest help you get from somebody who disagrees with you. Kenegde. You go to somebody for help, you want them to agree with you, you want them to challenge you. You want them to stimulate you. It's painful, it's not nice, it's not geschmack. It's nice if everybody agrees with me. You know the t-shirt that reads, I'm very easy to get along with once you learn to worship me. But that's not where your purpose is achieved. So the machloikas itself, the fact that we disagree, that's not a tragedy. What happens is how we deal with it. Either you can disagree with each other, and that disagreement in itself brings you closer, and that means you introduce the Tuesday of creation. The disagreement itself brings you closer. You understand what that means? You become closer through the disagreement. You know why? Because you work it through. So now we actually become closer from the place of distance. The distance makes us closer. It's the distance. It's overcoming the distance. It's working through the distance. It's working through the pain of the distance that actually brings you closer. In that very place where you could have drifted apart, in the most powerful way, that very place, the weakest link becomes the strongest link. Because whenever you take the weakest link and you use that as a springboard for unity, your unity becomes stronger than ever before. Because it's it's unbreakable. In that very place, in that very vulnerable place, where you could have drifted apart so dramatically, when you can turn that around... So then you have even a deeper unity than the unity of two who never agree with each other. I hope I'm making myself clear, but this is important information. Nebezil de Fashtest, the Yisoyed from therapy. So my problem is not machlaikas. My problem, ein machzikin b'machlaikas. That's the diuk. Kairach celebrated machlaikas. Ooh, split. Let's hold on to that split. No. The Machlaikas wasn't made to hold on to it. The Machlaikas was made as a calling to create a deeper shalom, a deeper peace. That's the Tuesday. So Moshe thought the same thing happens again. Kairach now creates a real Machlaikas. You know why? To be able to come to a deeper peace yet. 
That's why Moshe was reaching out. Let's get to the Tuesday. I don't want to get rid of Kairach. I want to reveal the peace that comes from the Machlaikas. I want to reveal the Shalom that comes from the split of the Mayim al and the Mayim Tachtoinim. Because you don't obliterate the physicality of life. You don't obliterate the Mayim Tachtoinim of life. You have to be able to reunite the two waters. The problem, of course, was that Kairach wasn't interested. He says, Kairach completely wasn't interested. He wanted to hold on, hold on to Machlaikas. He wanted to hold on. He, he wasn't interested. This also now gives an explanation to the words of the Targum, And the Noyam Alimelech said that this is similar to the Rakia Hamavdil. Kairach splitting himself off from the people, from Moshe and Aaron and the people from Klal Yisrael, is similar to the firmament that splits the water and creates a separation of the two waters, as we learned at length in the beginning of the Mayim. And the Lubavitcher Rebbe asked, the name of Kairach himself represents this. The word Kairach comes from the word, the word Kairach is associated with the word Kerach, which in Tanakh, in Yecheskel, is seen as the heaven. Because as he saw the Rokia Ke'en HaKerach like the awesome ice, Kerach is ice. So the name Koirach or Kerach itself represents the Rakia, which separates the water. What's then the addition of Vayikach Koirach, Ve'ispule Koirach? The name Koirach itself represents the Rakia HaMavdo. So what's added by the, by the, by the Vayikach Koirach, Ve'ispule Koirach? So now Koirach creates a second Rakia. And not only that, the word Koirach comes from the word Kireach, not just Kerach, which is ice cream, which means a bold spot. And a bold spot also splits two things. If a person has a has a bold spot in his head, so it's like a mechitza. It's like a partition between one side of the bold spot with his hair and other side of the bold spot. I told you, I think last time in Mishnayis in Kilayim, there's a Mishnah that begins, Karochas HaKerem, the bold spot in a vineyard. What do you mean a bold spot? There's a clearing in the middle of the vineyard. On one side there's vines, and the other side there are vines. And the halach is, if you have a, if the, if the bald spot is large enough, you could plant seeds there, you could plant grain, you could plant vegetables, even though you're not allowed to plant grain or vegetables in a vineyard. It's forbidden, absolutely forbidden. It's forbidden not only in Eretz Yisrael, even outside of Eretz Yisrael. And as the Torah says, when I, pl- I plant 
um, seeds of, of grain or vegetables, fruits is not a problem, but, but grain or vegetables in a vineyard, unless it's separated from the vineyard significantly, it all becomes forbidden. The grapes become forbidden and the, and the grain becomes forbidden. The vegetables become forbidden. There are many details of exactly how much becomes forbidden. It's not for now. You could learn the line, but my point is, we have this concept of karacha asaker, the bald spot of the vineyard. So kireach itself is a bald spot. If that's the case, what's the hisofa? What's added by by yikach kireach? Rakiyah mavdul. His name itself is is the rakiyah mavdul. The noyim alimelech says by yikach kireach is the rakiyah mavdul, and it's based on the zoyar, like we learned from the tzemach tadik in the beginning. Say much better than that. Not Vayikach. His name. His whole. His whole. His whole essence is one big, big vispilig. One rakiyah maftim. So the Rebbe says, "Amayra de Kavart. The name of Kairach that has to do with his nature, with his genes. <laughs> the name of Kairach that has to do with the creation of God." Shem creates every person, he conceives every person, creates every person. And we each have our unique DNA, physical and spiritual. And even though m- much, most of our DNA we share with others, and certainly with people in our own family, but there is that unique, nuanced detail, which is you, <laughs> or is me. And I'm not only talking about physical DNA, I'm talking about spiritual DNA. Kairach was given the name Kairach, and we know that names in Yiddishkeit are very meticulous. The Gemara says, Reb Meir have a diet b'shma. Reb Meir was very precise about names. He used names as signposts. Not everybody did it, but, but the fact is that names are significant because names represent your channel of energy. Every letter in the Hebrew alphabet is a channel of energy. And the fact that I have a certain name, you have a certain name, is not a mistake. That's why we see when Chas Shalom somebody is ill, they'll sometimes add a name. I just, uh, Friday somebody called me, he was, uh, he had COVID-19, <coughs> and he was mamish. <coughs> they didn't think he would make it. <coughs> but he made it out of it, he made it out of there. He wasn't such a young guy. He made it out, and uh, so during the, during the ordeal, they added a name, they added a name Chayim. And uh, why do we add a name? We add a name because it's not just nice to add a name. One of the reasons is other reasons. One of the reasons is because the name is a channels of energy. The channels of energy of the name Kairach represents the fact that Kairach by his nature is connected to Machlaikas. That's his nature. Kairach. He didn't give himself the name Kairach. Kireach is a bold spot. And Kairach is the Rakia, Kain HaKerach, and I the Rakia Mavdum. So the name of Kerach, which comes from Karcha, Karcha, the Gemara says in Sanhedrin that Kerach comes from the word Karcha, which means bold, which is a split. Besides the Kerach, Rakia, represents that his nature is gravitating to Machlaikas. But that's not his fault. That's what Hashem makes. And you have to make this distinction in life. There's the reality that God creates, and there's what you do with that reality. You understand the difference? Every person has different issues. (laughs) It's not your fault. People have proclivities, they have instincts, they have struggles to deal with. 
there's nature, there's nurture, there's a lot going on inside of you. This is the peckle, the reality God gave you. The purpose of it is for you to reach your ultimate, deepest potential. The purpose of it is for you to become more one than you could have been without it. The purpose of it is to create a deeper harmony and peace in your life and in the world around you that you could have never had without it. But for this, you have to have perspective. How you look at it. The worst thing you can tell yourself is, this is what I have, this is what I'm dealing with, and this is the soif pasuk, this is the end of it. No, now you need avoida. And when through avoida, you'll transform it, you'll change it. So Kairach himself has a proclivity to machloikas. Look at his name. That was created by Hashem. Kairach is the Monday. That was created by Hashem. Kairach miloshin kireach. Kairach miloshin akerach. Vayikach kairach is something else. Vayikach kairach is how he chose to deal with it. Instead of seeing the machloikas as an opportunity for deeper peace, for deeper harmony, for deeper oneness, Kairach philosophically made a terrible error and therefore practically made a terrible error. What was his philosophical error? We explained earlier. Kairach worshipped the machloikas in and of itself. The split between Mayim Aliyonim and Mayim Tachtoinim for him was the ultimate purpose. Sherish Agashmi is higher than Sherish Aruchni. Sherish Achayshech is deeper than Sherish Ha'er. Sherish HaTzimtzum is deeper than Sherish HaKav. Sherish HaGuf is deeper than Sherish HaNeshama. Sherish Mayim Tachtoinim is deeper than Sherish Mayim Aliyonim. I know I'm using all these words. These are the words we used before. I hope you understand what I'm saying. If not, you have to chazad the Maimir a few times. Oilamas Tachtoinim are higher than Oilamas Aliyonim. So therefore, Kairach says, the Machlaikas itself ought to be worshipped. Why are we running away from it? This is where, this is where reality is. And that's why he wants glory to be higher than chesed. He wants concealment to be higher than revelation because concealment will always capture much more than revelation. As I told you before, in the sound of silence, you'll have everything. In the sound of sound, you'll have a very limited expression. Vayikach koyrech is what he does with his nature. What I do with my nature, that's already something else. The machzikin b'machloikas. I'm having, I have something Maybe the kavana is that your yearning, the frustration, the void, will bring you to a deeper place of wholeness, to a deeper place of unity. It's not easy to see that. Sometimes when I'm struggling with something, the struggle makes me feel that this issue I'm struggling with, I have to worship it. I have to hold on to it. We each have instincts and this that we have to challenge and curtail. And when we do that, they bring us to a much deeper place. But only if we work through them, if we reveal the light. What happens when we start worshiping the darkness? We say, this is what I'm feeling, this is who I am. Now you missed the plot. You lost the plot. Kairach is not a problem. Vayikach Kairach. You're struggling with the split. Okay, that's their thing. That's your avaydah. The Vayikach Kairach, that is what he does with it. That's where his choice comes in. Comes the Targum and says, Vayikach Kairach is also like the Rakia Hamavdil. Who made the Rakia Hamavdil? Hashem. Here comes the big Chiddush. Even the actions of Kairach, which were done through his choice, 
is also like their Akiya Hamavdu, which was created through Hashem. Just like the purpose of the day Monday, where their Akiya separated the two waters, is in order that the Tuesday should bring to a deeper sense of reconciliation and unity. The same is true by Kairach, even though he was doing something in order to create a split and a fight and a war, the reason God allowed it to happen is in order that this energy should also bring to a deeper state of peace through Moshe Rabbeinu who is Tiferes. That's what the Targum is saying. Even the Vayikach Kairach, the Vayikach Kairach, is also like the Rakia Mavdil. In other words, even the fact that Kairach went through this whole process, and people have to watch it. They shouldn't just think, oh, this is a mistake. This in itself, the purpose was to bring to a deeper bitter, a deeper clarification and a deeper sense of one is just like the Rekiah HaMavdu. V'yesh loymar sh'asib alazeh sh'kairach tova chashav sh'akavon ebe Rekiah HaMavdu what was the reason, Taka, that Kairach took the Machleikas concept in such an erroneous way? He was missing Bittel. Real humility. What does this mean? This is very deep. Why did Hashem separate the lower water from the higher water? So they should have the thirst to go back up. This is integrating paradox. Which celebrates divine revelation, the greatest purposes in the higher water. Because that's where godliness is revealed. You don't need that the lower waters should separate, fall down, and then start crying. Who needs it? We have higher waters. We're happy. Let everything remain above. No need for a split. Mitzat Gvura. What's Gvura? Gvura is the capacity of the divine to conceal itself. The greatest truth is expressed in the lower waters, revealing the true meaning of the lower waters, that it's an expression of God's ability to be silent. The Mayan Tachtoinim represents the capacity of God to be silent. In other words, they express God's ability for expressionlessness. I don't know if I just made up a word. But the Mayan Tachtoinim don't express divine revelation. They express his ability to be absent, to be concealed. And that ability is absolutely infinite. And if you can tune into that, you have the totality, you have the essence, you have the atmos. Because revelation only reveals a certain amount. But the lack of revelation has his essence. So therefore, in the darkness, in the Mayim Tachtoinim, you have the essence. This is very deep. So the Mayim Tachtoinim don't have to go back up. Right now, they have everything. So you hear the problem? In Chesed, 
you stay in Elyoyna. In Gvura, you stay in Tachtoyna. Chesed celebrates the quality of revelation. Gvura celebrates the quality of concealment. The quality of revelation is Mayim Elyoyinim. The quality of concealment is Mayim Tachtoyinim. One is Ruchni, one is Gashmi. In the Ruchni, you have revelation. In the Gashmi, you have Atmos. You have the essence. <laughs> because there's no revelation. Revelation only reveals that element of divinity that can be revealed. The Gashmi reveals that which can't be revealed, which is the essence. And that's why it's absolute concealment. There's no revelation whatsoever. But if you can get to the bottom of that, you're getting to the core, you're getting to the Atmos. So Mitzat Chesed, stay in al Mitzat Gvura, stay in Tachtoyinim. There's no need that the Mayim Tachtoinim should crave to leave Mayim Tachtoinim. Here is where it's at. The fact that we say that the objective of the descent of the lower waters is in order to create a thirst to go back up, this is not something that's embedded in Chesed or in Gvura. This comes from Teferis, which is the central column, the central line, which synthesizes the opposites of Chesed and Gvura, that the left should be subsumed in the right. And all integration of two opposites always comes from Bittl. It always comes from transcending any form of ego, even a spiritual ego. And Kairach, who lacked Bittl, this could not be experienced by him. In Yiddish, you would say, He didn't get this. Kairach could not get the synthesis of paradox because he lacked Bittl. And when you lack Bittl, either you run to Mayim al or you run to Mayim Tachtoinim. You can't appreciate the tension between them and live with the tension between them in order to create the ultimate unity between them, which is not about escapism to one reality or another reality. But that requires Bittl because it's living in a world of paradox. And to live in a world of paradox and to be able to see that as an invitation to the ultimate unity of paradoxes without obliterating one extreme or the other always requires a lot of bittel. Because the ego gravitates to a spe- specific quality in which it could find comfort. And here you are balancing between two opposites constantly. And this only comes from a space that's deeper than the yesh. This is where you have to align yourself with a divinity that is undefined by any quality, which is the source of all ego. Ego, the source of ego is definition. What does this mean in a person's life? What does this mean? Mikol 
The Mekiv on Shavei Dasi he loy leravis has simayin of shiigilia lekuz benavsha. Elishu Mosu v'nosin lekaim ratzon akadosh baruchu. Lachain ein negeil loy hagilu sheyedel lekuz gam binyanei elam. V'chaldet sayinu yibekiim atayru mitzvus kiim ratzon akadosh baruchu. V'aydezu yilei gam hagilia lekuz shebinyanei elam v'kanal sifhei shegaidei avayda kol masachel Hashem shemayim magim lebechaldet achecha deayu. What is this in a person's life? The ability to be able to see the split between Mayim Elyonim and Mayim Tachtoinim and not following a very natural craving to either make peace with the one or make peace with the other at the expense of his colleague. To be able to live in the space between both of them means to touch God who is not defined by chesed and not defined by gvura and therefore not defined by mayim malyonim and not defined by mayim tachtayna. It doesn't become about what I'm comfortable with. It becomes about every moment understanding what is the divine will and purpose of that moment. And then you don't you're never stuck in one format of life or another format of life. <laughs> this is very deep. But if you can experience this, this is the source of serenity. <laughs> I can give a lot of metaphors for this, but let's understand the concept. What's Mayamalyanim? Mayamalyanim is a world of clarity, it's a world of spirituality, it's a world of godliness, it's a world of chesed. What's Mayam Tahdaina? Maim Tachtainim is the world of absolute concealment. Maim Tachtainim is the definition of life as divorced from divinity. It's the ultimate gvur, it's the ultimate concealment. God creates the whole world, but we don't see it. He's completely concealed. He allows absolute independence, autonomy, both in behavior and in thought. That's what Maim Tachtainim are. I can have pleasures in life. Not only are they not divine, they don't even reflect any relationship with the divine. On the contrary. It's all the types of pleasures we have in life which ultimately take us away from who we are. They're not aligned with who we really are. But so what? That's what my, that's the power of Mayim Tachtoinim. The power of Mayim Tachtoinim is a definition of life that is completely disconnected from its ultimate source, the lower waters. We say the purpose is the lower waters should cry. What if they're crying? They're crying, they're crying, I want to go back. You want to go back, so go back. No, you don't go back. <laughs> stay here. So I'm not going to cry. No, stay here and cry. <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm supposed to cry. If you're crying, go back. Cry, baby. Cry, baby. Go back. No, you're not supposed to go back. If you're supposed to go back, we're going to undo creation. We're not undoing creation. You have to stay down here. So if I stay down here, so why am I crying? Make peace. No, cry. You hear what Kerich is saying? Kerich is saying, God, decide what you want. You want Mayim Elyonim, so bring the water back. You want Mayim Tachtoinim, I know why, because of course Tachtoinim are higher than Elyonim. Gashmi is higher than Ruchni. Stop crying. Stop crying. Don't be a crybaby. Start dancing. No, I want the Mayim Tachtoinim to be Tachtoinim, and I want the Mayim Tachtoinim to be Boichim. Tzomolechonavshi. Come on. What, what are you looking for? This is not something that Yeshus can understand. This is only a language that Bittel can understand. 
I like that expression. It's not a language that yeshes can understand. In yeshes, even we're not talking here stupid arrogance, even spiritual arrogance. Either I'm in a place of ma'am tachtein, or place of ma'am I'm If you're in the mode of chesed, go to el If you're in the mode of gvur, fine, ma'am tachtein. If you believe in gilui, go to el If you believe in helam and concealment and simtzum, you say that's even deeper, like kairach. Go here. The ability to be able to live in two worlds at once, and therefore to be able to live in the paradox at once, and therefore to be able to feel the pain of Mayim Tachtainim without the need to distract yourself from it, and run away from it, and understand that in that space between Mayim al and Mayim Tachtainim, you touch something that is deeper than both. Because Hashem is not revelation and Hashem is not concealment. Hashem is not chesed, Hashem is not gvura. Chesed comes from Hashem, gvura comes from Hashem. This is what's called Midas HaTeferes. Midas HaTeferes is called Kavhem Tsoi. The center column, which always is the expression in Kabbalah, Teferes Oilat Pnimi Yisakesa. The center column touches the raw, undefined reality of the divine that is not defined, not by revelation and not by concealment, and therefore... I can only touch that when I'm ready to make space for both. What does it mean to make space for both? I don't get stuck to the world of darkness and start celebrating Mayim Tachtoinim. But I also don't get stuck to the beauty of Mayim Alyoinim and get stuck over there. That's also a form of stuckness. I live in that extraordinary space between Mayim Alyoinim and Mayim Tachtoinim. Creating space for both realities. I'm searching for revelation, for harmony. And yet, I'm, and, and I'm sensitive and feeling the pain of the lack of harmony, of the, of the struggle of Mayim Tachtayna. And both are very, very true in my life. And I realize that this frustration that I'm experiencing in Mayim Tachtayna will allow me to go to a deeper place of awareness and truth, even than if I would be in Mayim Alyayna. And yet, I'm not ready to escape to Mayim Alyayinam. I have to work within a reality of Mayim Tachtayinam. That ability comes from what? I don't get married to a particular definition of what I have to look like and what my life has to look like. Ooh. So what does my life look like? My life look, doesn't look like Mayim Alyayinam and Mayim Tachtayinam. My life becomes a conduit for God's will at this very moment. And that will is not expressed in one form or another, and therefore it could combine mamish opposite forms. It reminds me of the story in Gemara with Moshe. The Gemara says in Masech Kesaita that the Romans decided to determine where Moshe is buried. It says, They'll find it. So they go to Harnavah, you know the Misa. They start digging and they have troops on top of the mountain, on bottom of the mountain. And the Gemara says, El yoinim those who were digging on top and they dug, it seemed like Moshe's body is on the bottom of the mountains. Those who were digging on bottom, it looked like he was on top. <laughs> you see, where was Moshe? Is Moshe on top or is Moshe on bottom? Is Moshe in Elyonim or is Moshe in Tachtoinim? And the answer is, this is very, very deep, you cannot pinpoint him. You will not be able to trap him in that particular modality. Because somebody who lives with the ultimate bittel to Hashem himself, is fle- his flexibility is infinite. He is in the highest of the high, and he could be in the lowest of the low. 
And the paradox doesn't destroy him and shatter him. On the contrary, when he is in touch with the truth of God, the truth of Hashem, which is completely undefined by Elion or Tachten, by Chesed or Gvura, that is Shlishi, that is Midas HaTeferis. So then, whatever the mission is at this moment, that's where I am. And I'm there with my whole heart. I'll experience it fully. I don't have to escape. If I'm a Mayim al I'll be in Mayim al And therefore, I'll be, I'll feel the frustration of Mayim Tachtoinim. And yet, I'm not going to escape Mayim Tachtoinim. I'm going to appreciate the struggle and the, the need to be able to work with Mayim Tachtoinim. Koirach couldn't get this. He could not understand this. Koirach had to be able to find his ego in Avoida Sasha. There had to be that sense of, I have it. I got it. This is it. There has to be some picture. He needs Judaism to 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 sit well in his identity. This is an the meaning of bittel means that I can align myself with a reality that it doesn't have a definition. That's very humble. That's very humbling. I don't have a definition, and if I don't have a definition, so so where am I? Where am I? I could be, I could, I'm nowhere, but I'm everywhere in the sense that I don't have to run away from any reality because in the ultimate truth, there is space for everything. If you reveal the divine purpose in it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Huh? You can't understand this here. You have to experience it. Okay, this Be'ezer Hashem will continue next time. I'm going to take some questions. The next year is going to be Thursday morning at 7.30 a.m. And I hope we'll be able to explain it a little better, including this last paragraph, and uh, maybe even finish the mimer. Let me take some questions. Chat. the chat, And then we'll take some questions on the yeshiva.net. Okay, let me see if there's any questions here. <laughs> is this the concept of Ratsui and Shoiv? We learned in the previous Maimer, remember, in the Kudatayra Shlach, by Yishlach Yeshua about Ratsui and Shoiv. This is very much the concept of Ratsui and Shoiv, I think. It's very much connected. Ratsui is the yearning to go up, and Shoiv is the ability to go back down. Ratsui is the I'm crying. I don't want to be here. I want to go away. But I come back. And that flux seems to be very unstabilizing. But it's not unstabilizing. It makes space for all of the paradoxical emotions and yearnings in the human soul. And the only way you can make peace between both is by realizing that you're an ambassador of the divine. And that's why you're, you don't need only Ratzah Yashoyev to feel settled. You could feel settled in the tension between Ratzah and Shoyev. And in that tension, you ultimately bring them both together. And you reveal something that's much more harmonious than if you would run into Ratzah or run into Shoyev. You understand what I'm saying? So each moment, next question, so each moment is perfect godliness and the opportunity for oneness with Hashem. Yeah. In other words, there is 
there are the moments of Mayim Aliyoinim, let's call them the moments of revelation, and there are the moments of Mayim Tachtoinim, which are moments that produce tears. They're moments that produce, there is concealment, there is, if you want to use psychological terms, there may be a trauma, there may be just pain, there's this separation, there's a distance. There is a distance, there is a separation, and that causes tears, it causes it causes pain. And superficially, it can cause a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress because there is a distance. There's a sense of, of distance which, which produces a lot of frustration. What's the solution for this? The solution for this is, Kairach says, stop crying. Who asked you to let it not produce any tension? You're crying for the separation. Make peace with it. And in many ways... He's saying something very profound. <laughs> because really, there is a secret in Mayim Tachtoinim. Make peace with it. And we say, Kairach made a mistake. This was premature. So how does one live in both? The answer is, one lives in both only with Bittal. What does it mean practically to have Bittal? It means that each moment is the perfect moment, and you are in the perfect place where you have to be right now, serving Hashem the way He wants you to serve Him right now, and this is your opportunity for oneness with truth. This is your opportunity. Now it's in Mayim Tachtoinim, now it's in Mayim Malyoinim. Moshe Nabeinu, you're not going to find them on top, you're not going to find them on bottom. If you try to find them on top, He's going to go to the bottom. And if you try to find them on the bottom, you think, oh, He's, a, he's, he's one of us. You're going to find them on the top. You're not going to be able to define him. Why are you not going to be able to define him? Where is God? On top or on bottom? When you could be aligned with that, sometimes you're in heaven and sometimes you're in earth. And none of them becomes a place that you have to escape. Even though they are opposites. Next question. Does this avoid the begin when we stop judging ourselves or we stop judging our challenges absolutely when you're judging yourself that's not bitl <laughs> okay this is the exercise of today rabbi said when you're judging yourself you're not in a state of bitl it looks like you're in a state of bitl no 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 you're in a state of trauma or arrogance you cannot judge yourself and you cannot judge your avoida and you have to stop judging the challenge and saying, if I would have been normal, and if I would have had a normal upbringing, and if, 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 I wouldn't have to go through this and look at my neighbor and look at this man, look at my brother and look at my brother and look at my cousin, my nephew, my Zayda, my Elta Zayda, look how easy they have it. What are, what are, what are you accomplishing? So now I'm a loser, so therefore everything associated with me is cursed. That's not coming from Bittl. That's coming from the Yetzirah. Bittl means you realize that you don't judge yourself and don't judge your challenge. You're not going to help yourself. You're not going to help your challenge. You're not going to help the people you love. You're experiencing a moment of Mayim Tachtoinim and Mayim Tachtoinim caused tears. Vein And in those tears and in that pain, you're going to find the yearning to be able to repair, and you know what's going to happen? You're going to reach a place that's deeper than my Yaina. That's how you live. That's how you live. That's how you live with Bittu.
That's what bittel means. Bittel doesn't mean you're a shmata. Bittel means, on the contrary, bittel means that you're an ambassador of infinity at this moment, and therefore you're not defined by any avoidal, and you don't define by any story of what it has to look like. It doesn't have to look like anything. And that's the difference of Kairach and Moshe. For Kairach, life has to look like something because he's a yesh. And yesh means I have to look like something. What does yesh mean? Yesh means metzius, an identity. An identity has a picture. It has a frame. You don't have to hang up a picture. You hang it up with a frame. That's yesh. What's bittel? Bittel means I have no frame. I have no way I have to look like. I look like the way I look like. <laughs> this is the moment of perfect godliness. I don't have to look anyway. And therefore, I don't have to run away from anything. I don't have to judge anything. I don't have to judge me. I don't have to judge any challenge. Because godliness doesn't have to look a certain way. How do you know what it has to look like? It has to look like Mayim Elyonim, it has to look like Mayim Tachtonim. How do you know? It could look like one, it could look like the other, it could look like both, and it could look like neither. Next question. Excellent questions, Chavra. Keep them coming. When I get questions, it looks like I'm talking to somebody. Because right now I can only see the trees outside of me, and they're actually listening very well. You know, the trees listen, the deer listen. The squirrels listen, the chickmunks listen, the groundhogs listen. But when you have people that listen, ooh, das is a chidish. Next question. Maybe el yoyinim is tainug elyin, maim tachtoyinim is tainug tachten. What is spiritual tainug that is not from Hashem? What is the tainug that people get from Avaydizara as described by Chazal? That's an excellent question. Avodah Zarah was competing with Mayim al Zarah was competing with the ecstasy that comes from God. Avodah Zarah was very, very deep. That's why they were so addicted to it. Avodah Zarah was spiritual pleasure, ecstasy, but without connection to the divine. Without Kedusha. So it was manipulating very deep energy. It's like today. All the stimulations that people have today, we don't believe, we don't call it Avedizara, we call it drugs. What does it do? It gets you on a high, you feel ecstasy, sometimes you feel oneness. But it's not true because it's not coming from within. And tomorrow when you sober up, you're in the same abyss. Excellent question. Next question. Did we just explore the answer to an experience of Eintagagalach? <laughs> yes and no. One day an angel, one day a priest. This is not about falling into the trap of Mayim Tachtoinim. This is about not getting stuck, not in Mayim al and not in Mayim Tachtoinim, because you remain loyal to your purpose. So this is not just, you're a torn guy, you're a torn soul, one day you're holy, the next day you do horrible things, and the next day you jump back into the mikveh, and you run to here, and then the next day you're sinning again, and then the next day you go to some caver, and you become high. That's not what we're talking about. That's a person who's a little bit delusional. He's not real with himself. There's hope, but that's not what we're talking about. It's living in a space where you're not stuck to any definition of self, and therefore the different things that come up within yourself, within the people around you, 
They don't demoralize you. Rather, you realize that right here, right now, is your opportunity for the divine avoida. I hope you understood the difference between these two concepts. This is not the flimsy, wobbly idea, you know, go sin today, then go become holy tomorrow, then sin the next day, and it's all good. That's not what he's saying. Next question. Is the Tainug of Avedezor in Mushrish and Mayim Tachtainim or Mayim Elyainim? The Tainug of Avedezor is Mushrish and Mayim Tachtainim. Because the Tainug of Avedezor is Mushrish in the idea that you can find truth without oneness with God. And that's ultimately Mayim Tachtainim, even if it is in a different format. Okay, I finished answering all the questions on chat. So I'm now going to go answer the questions on the yeshiva.net if anybody asked let me go over there we're going to start from the bottom from the people that wrote the earlier comments let's start from the from the bottom okay the first question what i'm getting out of all of this is that in order to get to gvuri i have to go through chesed kairach wanted to go straight to gvuri without any chesed and also at the end, Gvura will rule. But maybe the Gvura will be in a chesed, in a kind way. Also, everything you said about God being concealed and revealed. Gashmi is concealment, Ruchni is revealed. And which reality is more connected was all new. I always thought that we always want to connect with the higher world. Although I do realize that we have to strive for connection in this world. You, based on the Alter Rebbe and the Rebbe, are saying that it could very well be here below where there's more of a connection. This is different than what I've ever heard before. That is beautiful to me. But who thinks that? Is this the common perspective? Excellent question. Excellent question. I appreciate that you say this. This is indeed an idea that is deeply embedded in Judaism, but it was revealed and expounded and emphasized and explained by the Baal Shem Tev by his students, particularly by the Baal HaTanya, the Alter Rebbe, and his successors. And generally, it's a very fundamental idea in the Hasidic teachings, but it was especially elaborated upon and expounded and explained in the Chabad teachings of the Baal HaTanya, and particularly in the teachings of the Rebbe, the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Excellent question. Okay, the part you speak about, we're ready for a new story. Last time you spoke about a new story. You mean a new approach, a new way to look at what connection means. Is it totally new? Did the Rebbe get these ideas from his studies, from his father-in-law, from the previous Rebbe, from the Alter Rebbe? Okay, beautiful. And the answer is, these ideas, as I said, are embedded in Judaism. That means they come from Moses, from Abraham, from God. But in every generation, there's different elements of the story that are more emphasized, more revealed. And obviously, as we come closer to Mashiach, and right before Mashiach, the Rebbe emphasized very much the new story as a continuation to the old story. How do we understand the fact that Chazal say that Kairuch was an Apikairus? Because he said Torah is not from heaven, he was Kaifer in Avuas Moshe. How does this fit the approach we're discussing that he was really right, but it's in the wrong time? Excellent question. Ask a better question. If Kairuch is so bad, how does he become here so good? Which story is right? It seems like he was just a rabble-rouser. The guy was all about power and affluence, and he just wanted to usurp 
Moshe's power and he was an absolute tyrant and uh, maybe anarchist and he couldn't care less for truth. And all he wanted was an egomaniac who craved infinite power. And here we're saying something much deeper. (laughs) The answer to this is very, very deep. And I believe the core of the answer is there is Kairach in his superconscious and Kairach the way he's manifested. The literal story represents the outer story of Kairach. And Chassidus represents the inner soul of Kairach, which even he is sometimes unaware of. If you want a real elaboration of this, you can go to the yeshiva.net. We posted uh, last week a mimer of the Rebbe on the Miraglam, on the spies. It's from 5745, 1985 Shlach. The title, I think, is Analyzing the Subconscious Brain of the Spies. You could look in the last 30 days or you could type in spies in the search and you'll see it. So Maimer Shlach, 1985, and the Rebbe asks this question. Were the spies wicked or were they righteous? Because you have the same paradox with the spies. And he gives an ex- extraordinary explanation, which I just tried to summarize in one sentence. Learn it and I think you will find a lot of meaning. Next question. We see that Machloikas could be good and bring out love from Beishamei and Beishila. They had a Machloikas L'Shem Shamayim. And it's soifal l'hiskayim, and Chazal say that they had love for each other. Beautiful. I heard a beautiful vart. We say under a chuppah, Hareat mekodeshesli betabazu kedas Moshe v'Yisrael. You are betrothed to me with this ring according to the law of Moshe and Israel. Why don't we say kedas Moshe v'akadosh baruch The law of God, not the law of Moshe and Israel. The answer is, we wish the new couple that their life should be like the Jews and Moshe in the desert. Even though they argued for 40 years, they stuck together. We might not agree, but we can live together and go through the desert of life. This is a beautiful word. I don't know where you heard it from, but I heard the word many, I heard the word a while ago. It's a beautiful word. I heard it b'shem. I heard it from Ayid, Reb Mendel, a friend of mine who heard it from Ayid named Reb Moshe Lichtenstein, I think. And he said the word was, Kedas Moshe v'Yisrael, Moshe and the Jewish people, unfortunately, they had it out quite a few times. They didn't agree about everything. Oid ma'atus kaluni, right? Moshe said they're going to stone me. <laughs> and but at the end of the day, they loved him. And when they heard that they have to go to the fight, the war against Midian, and after that, Moshe is going to pass away in Parshas Matas. Everybody refused to go. As Rashi says over there in Matas, when he was alive, they said Moshe thought they're going to kill him. They're going to stone him. Well, when it came time for him to die, nobody would allow that to happen. They would fight till the last moment to keep on, to hold on to Moshe. Now, I'm not saying that a couple should feel that the other one wants to stone them, Khalila. But the point is that sometimes there is there are disagreements and there are confrontations and there are misunderstandings. But at the end of the day, Kedas Moshe v'Yisrael, you got to be there for each other. It's a beautiful, beautiful interpretation. I've said it. More than once at a Sheva Brachas, etc. Very good. I wonder where you heard this word from. Because you're not writing where you heard it from. But I would like to, if you could put in where you heard it from. Next question. One of the beautiful points, one of the nice new prints of Nayam Elimelech has a footnote that the Rebbes of Chabad have a long explanation on the topic of Kairach and the heaven split. I grew up in among the Polish non-Chabad Hasidah, but also among Chabad. And it's really nice to see 
how the two connect through this insight. Thank you for the Tzamech Tzedek, and thank you for the following Rabbeim for continuing this discussion. Very good, Reb Shulam. And I would just add something else. Sometimes people think that there's a split, like the heaven that splits the higher water and the lower water. There's a split, there's a machlaikas, there's the Poilusha derech, there's the Chabad derech. So it's interesting that they come together in this very discussion of the Rakiya Hamavdil, that the point was to bring a deeper unity. So that's, I think it's maybe very interesting that this is one of the places where there's so much discussion and unity between both both perspectives. I would just say it's not the only place that the Chabad uh, Rebbe is bringing the Noyem Ali Melech. There are other places. In fact, the Rebbe himself in various talks quotes or makes reference to the Noyem Ali Melech. Like I'm just thinking about the explanation of why Yaakov blessed Ephraim before Menashe and Yosef wanted him to bless Menashe before Ephraim. So there's a beautiful talk of the Rebbe about it, and he he quotes there. He says to look in the Noyem Alimelech. Beautiful, beautiful Noyem Alimelech and Parshas Vayechi. Why Menashe comes before Ephraim for Yosef, but Ephraim comes before before Menashe. It's not for now, but it's a beautiful explanation. Next question: A person with a godly given nature towards bloodshed can choose to become a murderer or a shaychet. Gemara in Shabbos Daf Kufnon Vav. Beautiful, yeah. Famous explanation of the Vilna Gon. I can't always change the inclination of my child. I have to find within his or her velt and shaung and talents the way to maximize their potential. It's a beautiful insight of the Vilna Gon. Next. The waters were wobbly and then there was a scream representing the Gvura that strengthens the Elyonim and the Chesed. So Machlekes is necessary to strengthen the Chesed the Gvura was wobbly, and then there was a scream. Right, it says Hashem screamed, and he told the Rakia to stop him, representing the Gvura that strengthens the Elyonim and the Chesed. So to Machlekes is not there to strengthen the Chesed, like it strengthened the Kahuna of Aaron. For water to rise up, it must first become vapor, mevatel itself. Only as vapor can it return as rain. Powerful. We know that water evaporates and rises upwards. Like the Gemara speaks about in Tainus stuff, tests. It becomes vapor and it goes up very good, right? This represents the idea that the water below have to come back above. But it's only accomplished through bittel. When we practice this balance of chesed and gvura, we can be zoicha to the rain which is the revelation of godliness in the world. <laughs> Beautiful. Can it be then that Mayim Tachtoinim and all of the sins, the broken luchas, the barren imahas, the chete tzadas, the chete egel, all our troubles that cause us to daven, even Gullus itself, are all connected. All the struggles are part of Mayim Tachtoinim, there's no question. My comment, ineffable definition, English word, a silence that implies ideas too exalted to be, able to be expressed in words, ineffable. Atmos is ineffable. It's a silence that implies ideas too exalted to be, ineffable. Thank you. If we need oxygen every day, why don't we need Hasidic spiritual oxygen every day? Thursday is too far away. I agree. 
you should learn every single day. And it comes a time in life where you can only depend on Rabbi Waiwai to teach you, but you should learn every single day, just like you need oxygen every day. And you could review this mimer, all the four shiurim that we had. Plus, you could learn many other mimarim yourself or with me or with any other teacher. If you go to the yeshiva.net and you go to Chassidus uh, in, the, in the browser, you will see many maimorim that we have done, including on this parsha, chukas, or balak, and you could learn that. So I would I would encourage you, maybe even make a chavrusa, make a shir, and learn with others, or teach to others. So please do that. I wish you all a beautiful and meaningful and inspiring day. Tomorrow morning, Tuesday, 9.30 a.m., we will have a class for women, but men could tune in if they want, right here on the yeshiva.net, or on Zoom, and... That will be Tuesday, 9.30 a.m. Hatzlacha, my love and blessings. Have a beautiful, inspiring, and uplifted day in which you bring together Mayim al and Mayim Tachtayna. Chazak ve'ematz. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.